Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. Amen. We want to appreciate those who are watching online too from all over the world. We don't have enough word to, words to express our love, our appreciation, our gratitude to you. Thank you for considering Royal House every time. Your testimonies, your comments, it has encouraged us tremendously to keep on doing what we are doing. And we trust that the same God that has been blessing you will never stop blessing you. We'll keep on enlarging your coast and your territory. The King of Glory will keep on blessing you until you ask him to stop. Praise God. But if you are like me, I'm sure you will like him to stop. Hallelujah. I want to say the Lord bless your home. The Lord bless your marriage. The Lord bless your finances. The Lord bless all that concerns you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen to Jesus. Can I have my slides up for some time now? Not last week. Last week we had a very powerful service in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, let's appreciate Jesus for what he's doing. Amen. That was a wonderful impartation service. We give him all the glory and praise. And we want to resume our study because we started about two weeks ago on the Holy Spirit within, the Spirit of God within us. He's in dwelling presence. And we needed to not just be told about it, but it's a study. It's for us to study the spirit that is within us. Uh, a lot of us know about it. A lot of us are aware of it. A lot of us even enjoy it. But our understanding sometimes is limited. And because of understanding being limited, we don't walk in the full capacity of what the spirit within can do for us. We don't walk in the fullness of a capacity so that we can drive our lives with the revelation of the spirit that is within us. Praise God. And uh, we want to continue to dig deep on this because we know that uh, surely there is an expectation and the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. Praise God. This is... Last week I shared, I said, is the apex of our redemption, this spirit within. It's something very important for us not only to know, but to be conscious of, to start walking in the fullness of it, in the reality of it. So, um, where does God live? Praise God. Where does God live? Amen. Praise God. Through... The new birth experience, God himself dwells in the believer. The difference between you and the unbeliever is this. The one who has not yet received Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, no matter how close and in proximity he is to the kingdom of God or to the kingdom of heaven, such a person still does not have the God of Israel being represented in person by the Holy Ghost, living on the inside of them. This is what makes you different from others. Every child of God, I want you to know this and let this sink in you, that the advantage you have over the unbeliever that probably you are competing with in your business, the unbeliever that you are competing with in an interview for a promotion, or you are competing with for a job, or maybe in life itself, in trying to move forward, there are a lot of unbelievers around you. But the major difference you should know, the advantage you have, is that God lives on the inside of you. Praise God. Now, a lot of us know these facts, they are not new to us, but being conscious of it is another thing entirely, that you and colleagues, so to speak, they can be colleagues, you can be classmates, but you are not grace mates. And this is what separates you from the crowd, is the fact that God lives on the inside of you. I'm going to ask you one more time, where does God live? 
So God lives on the inside of you. Then who is in heaven? Who is in heaven? It's a Bible study. So I have to break it down for you to understand this thing bit by bit. So who lives in heaven? God the Father lives in heaven. And God the Son. Who is God the Son? Jesus Christ. So where is Jesus exact? Can you give me the exact location of Jesus? I write out of God the Father. Okay. Very good. So you now tell me God lives on the inside of you. Uh, who is the person that lives on the inside of you? God the Holy Spirit. Very good. So let's still make sure it's the same God. Amen? So when the Holy Spirit was taken over, being chief executive of God's program in these last days, Jesus Christ informed us. We've read it several times when we started this series. He said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, what things soever, he has no agenda of his own, is whatever I tell him to do, that he will do. So that simply means that the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, whose instruction does he follow? The instruction of who? Of Jesus. Very good. Whose instruction does Jesus follow? God the Father. Do you see it now? So, What's on the inside of you is God the Holy Spirit. Inside of you also is the agreement of the Trinity. Praise God. So the instruction of God the Father. That's what the Holy Spirit won't do anything outside the Father. Why? Because Jesus won't do anything outside the Father. And Jesus has instructed the Holy Spirit to do what only he has said which is the same thing the Father said. Let's bow down our heads to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you the glory and praise for tonight because you have given us another layer, another strand, another deeper understanding of the God who lives on the inside of us, which is you. Thank you, Father, in the person of the Holy Spirit. King of glory, help us tonight as we go deeper in understanding the incredible mysteries behind you living on our inside. Not only to understand, but King of Glory, the practicality of the realization that you live on the inside of us. Let it begin to reflect like, any, like never before in every area of our lives. Let it be said of us indeed that God lives on the inside or this person knows where God lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. For you are helping us to grow more, to understand you more, and to become better citizens of heaven, even here on the earth. Thank you, Daddy. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Praise God. So we've answered. Where does God live? God lives on our inside. Glory be to God. In the person of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in our bodies that have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. You see, in the Holy of Holies, where he used to dwell on the earth before, the day Jesus Christ died or exited this physical earth, he made a mention of a big statement. He said it is finished. And history has it, as it was recorded in the Bible, that the curtain that separates the outer court and the inner court was split into two from top to bottom. Now, the Bible says that this, this, this curtain was 20 feet tall. So, therefore, it's not a human agent. Bible theologians tell us it was, I've not seen it. I have to believe the scriptures, all right? It was 40 feet tall. Praise God. That means it's not a human being that went to split it. It can't happen that way. It had to be a supernatural means by which that curtain was split. Remember, nobody was permitted to see what was in the Holy of Holies. It was just the chief priest once a year who went into the Holy of Holies. But when Jesus Christ died, when it was finished, when the Old Testament was abolished as a physical sign of that, something miraculous happened. The curtain was split, and now people had... People could see 
what was in the Holy of Holies. But since then, the presence of God had left the Holy of Holies. The presence of God wasn't in the Holy of Holies anymore. Praise God. Because God has always said he was not going to live in an earthly tabernacle. I think I put it in my notes there. Uh, no? I think, go back. Go back one more step. Okay. Jesus said, that's it reference in John 19.30, that it is finished. He was referring to the end of the Old Testament. That people don't have to come and have the presence of God once a year via the chief priest. No. The presence of God has become a new and living way that everyone on the earth who has Christ on the inside of them can access. The presence of God becomes a normal phenomenon. Praise God. It doesn't mean it's an ordinary phenomenon. It just means it becomes normal. There's no ceremony, so to speak, to go to the presence of God anymore. The presence of God not only is available, he has moved his quarters away from the Holy of Holies to where? Where is God's address now? Where is God's presence now? Oh, some people are not confident of that. Where is God's presence? It's inside of you. On the inside of you. I thought somebody was going to shout glory there. Praise God. It's on the inside of you. Now, look at Hebrews 6, Hebrews 8, 6 to 13, and Hebrews 10, 1 to 17. We'll not read that now. That's a reading assignment for you. Uh, that, that's all the story I just told you about the curtain being split and so on and so forth. So no human agent, like I said, I want to repeat that. No human agent can actually do that. It's not possible. It had to be something supernatural. Praise God. So we have seen now that the presence of God does not dwell in the Holy of Holies anymore. It's finished. It's abolished. The presence of God has moved into us human beings. Everyone in Christ now is a carrier of God's presence. Praise God. So God now makes his abode where? In believers. Anyone who has Christ. You are a carrier of God. You are a carrier of his presence. Praise God. Now, whether that presence is manifesting in you or not is something else. But you are a carrier of who? Of his presence. You are a carrier of God the Holy Ghost. Amen. So when we call a building, for example, a building like ours here, when we call it the house of God, we are partly correct and we are partly incorrect. Praise God. Where is the house of God? Where is the house of God? Let's try and answer that question. If we say or mean a building is a house of God because God lives and dwells there, we are wrong. God doesn't live and dwell in a building. He had said he will not live in places made with human hands. Praise God. But if we say that the building is God's house because it is dedicated to the service of the Lord, when we are, then we are right. We are right. If we say this is God's house because it's godly things we do here. Praise God. It's dedicated to the service of God. Then it's God's house. Yeah, we are right. But not that it dwells there. Where does God dwell? In you. And so when we come together again, remember when we, when we took that series on where God lives about six weeks ago, when we come together, you know, the Bible says we are all lively stones and are built together into what? A spiritual house. So when we all come together as believers, you are a carrier of his presence, you're a carrier of his presence, he's a carrier of his presence, car and we all come together. The Bible says we are like what? A spiritual house. So God dwells in us as individuals. God also dwells with us when we come as a collective body, when we come together. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you getting something tonight? Good, good. Praise God. Praise God. So God's presence moved out of the Holy of Holies and started living inside believers. And we have mentioned where he lives. Now, be conscious of this new nature. Be conscious of it. Like I said, most of the time, as believers, many believers, 
I'm sure it's not the first time you're hearing this. Some of us, it might be the first time, but some of us, we've heard it again and again. But you see, the power thereof, the power of him living on the inside of us, for us not to lose consciousness of that power, we need to live consciously in the reality that God lives on the inside of me. Amen? The more we live in the consciousness of the manner of person we are, the more the power of God is released. I've said it several times. As it were, it's as if God has to tone down the power sometimes because it can be very dangerous when that power is fully unleashed and you are not in the reality of the manner of person you are. Praise God. Because you carry incredible stuff on the inside of you. Can I get an amen? amen? Praise God. God now has decided. He makes his abode in believers. Praise God. <laughs> that is something else. Praise God. Okay. Only a few Christians really walk in the consciousness of who they are. They walk in the, only few walk in the consciousness of, the, of God dwelling in their hearts and dwelling in their lives or dwelling in their belly like we have taught in times past as, 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 as believers that God dwells on the inside of you. If men and women are conscious of God in them as they being a temple of the living God, they would not talk or act the way they do. You will see a different species, like the Bible says. But it's this lack of consciousness of the manner of person you are. Excuse me, announce to yourself, I am not ordinary. Oh, you've got to say it more interestingly than that. You are not ordinary. You carry the presence of the creator of the heaven and earth. On the inside of you lives the chief executor of God's program in these last days. The solution of the whole world is on the inside of you. You do not lack answers. <laughs> I said you do not lack answers. You are an incredible being. There is no height. There is no depth you can get to. Praise God. In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Now, this comes with, like any other thing in life, it comes with huge responsibilities. The more you are aware of your responsibilities as a child of God, the more you become conscious of those responsibilities, the more you dig into living the life he has called you to live, the more you will witness his power in your life. The more you will. Can I get an amen there? Praise God. So many, some Christians talk about their lack all the time. They talk about what is going on that is not right all the time. They talk about their frailties all the time. And sometimes this thing just makes you not conscious of the manner of person God has made you. It doesn't make you release even the power that is on the inside of you. Because the Bible makes us to understand how this power works. How many people know that the Holy Ghost on the inside of you is the spirit of power? How many people know? That, that's the spirit of power on the inside of you. Now, you need power for a lot of things in life. And you need to release power, supernatural power on things. For example, something is not working right or not going the way it ought to go. That's what you do as a believer. You release. You don't complain about it. You don't start crying about it. Hey, you've got somebody on the inside who can walk on the outside on your behalf. You release power into it. Praise God. And the Bible makes it clear. This is how we make this power function. How do we make it function? Who can tell me? I've taught it several times here. How can, I'm not going to allow you, Benga. I know you. You've, you've been close enough to hear me say it every time. Sorry. I'd love to allow. By acknowledging. God bless you, Colina. By acknowledging. By acknowledging that power on the inside of you. That's how it's released. Acknowledge it. You keep on acknowledging it. You keep on staying by that power. You keep on speaking that power. Oh, pastor, I've spoken for the past two days. Nothing happened. I said, two days? Come on. 
Only two days? <laughs> Praise God. Is that all you have? Just two days? Praise God. For the rest of our days, man, I'm speaking of that power. Praise God. In and out of season, you are releasing that power. I don't know how much of that power you have released on your life today. Did you just wake up and you are dormant about the power on the inside of you? See, the power needs to be activated. That's what we're talking about. You can carry it, but it might not mean anything. You've got to constantly release the power. Amen? As many that believe. To them he gave chocolates. As many that believe. To them he gave sweets to become the sons of God. As many that believe. He gave them what? Power to become. That's the power. The power must not be latent, but be active. And you activate it by acknowledging it. You activate it by speaking into reality. What happens? Let's go to God again. Because it's our month of dominion, I want to sing this in on every side for you. It's our month of dominion. People of dominion don't just sit and watch things. No. How does God do, do things? We learned in Genesis 1.26, we were created in whose image? God's image. And after his likeness. That is, we look like him and we function. Function like him. Right. We do things the way he does things. Now, let us see. When God wants to do something, how does he do it? He speaks it. Thank you. He says it. He speaks it. Speaks it. He wanted to give one guy wisdom. The guy became the most wise guy after Jesus Christ. Who am I talking about? Solomon. What did he say to Solomon? Did he have to perform a new surgery or uh, do some special thing? All he said to Solomon, he told Solomon, he said, wisdom is yours. That's all. He spoke it. God needed light. What did he say? Let there be light. He needed land. He needed water. What did he say? He spoke to it. He wanted animals. What did God do? He spoke to the earth. Animals came out. He needed fish. He needed all those animals in the ocean. What did he do? He spoke to it. That's how he does things. You speak. You call those things that be not. As what? As though they are. You call it forth. You call it forth. That's how we function as believers. You see, when things happen, how do you bring things to reality? Is it by crying about it? Or by mopping? Maybe if you have a pity party, maybe if you call some, some people to just come and pity you around it, maybe it will. Is that how it responds? No. God, listen to this. God responds to your faith, not your tears, to your faith, to your faith, to your faith. So make sure faith is always in place. Faith failure is worse than heart failure. As bad as heart failure can take a life, faith failure is worse. Jesus told Peter, I prayed for you that your faith will not fail you. I see you overcome in this life. I say, I see you overcome in this life. So be very conscious of your new nature. Don't be slack concerning your new nature. The new nature in you and the Holy Ghost that has been put in your new nature. Make sure they are working together. One of these days I'll teach about yielding to the Holy Ghost. That's how you grow. I think we'll touch a little bit of it today. Praise God. As you begin to walk on this journey, you will discover that nothing is impossible to you. Many people can say, oh, this is impossible, this is impossible. But you know, you are a carrier of the creator of the whole earth. Praise God. Begin to practice what is on your inside. Some of us, we are not at the level we are now because you don't even, you haven't been put into work the greater war that is in you. Ephesians 3.21, 
starting from 3.20, talks about this incredible power that is within us. He's talking about the power of the Holy Ghost, and he lives within us. But we got to, everybody say, I got to. I got to walk this power within me. I got to put it to work. Praise God. Some have lived all their lives as Christians, grew up in church, but this power has not worked once. That's not good. You've got to put it to work. Everybody say, the Spirit of God is within me. Praise God. So, the, believe what the Bible says about you over what you feel. John 14, 16 again says, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit may abide in you forever. He did not come on holiday. He's living. He has set up residence on the inside of you. The spirit living in you is not once a while. It's not once in a yellow moon or once in a blue moon or once in a whatever moon. He's there all the time. He has come to set up residence in you. He will never leave you. Good news for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to give up on you. You might give up on him. He will not give up on you. Because that's the covenant. That's, that's the serious covenant he has with Jesus. He's going to stay there. He's going to hang in there. But he's a perfect gentleman. He will not do stuff until you ask him to do it. He's not going to do what you have not asked him to do. Some, of, some people have argued it that, okay, if he's on the inside of me, why did he let this happen? Why did he let that happen? He's not responsible for that. You still take responsibility. He's there to do whatever you command. <laughs> he's not there to do his own. He's going to do what you ask him to do. Praise God. Glory be to God. Oh, that's another realm. Hmm. Ah. So, again, he did not come to be a guest. He's not on vacation. Uh, the Holy Spirit has made your life his home. Okay? The home of the Holy Spirit in this life is your body. He has come to set up residence in you. Praise God. Praise God. So, I want you to also know, while he's living on the inside of you, all things are possible. How many things are possible? All things are possible. Why did God give you that, uh, that piece of promise that to him that believes all things is possible? It's going to be possible to you. Why? Praise God. The reason all these things are possible to him is this. Number one, God the Father had planned it that the believing one would have had God himself living on the inside of him. So tell me, if God is living on your inside and you are facing an impossible situation, what do you think will happen to that situation if you allow the God on your inside to deal with that situation? What will happen to that situation? Amen? What will happen? You have an impossible situation in front of you, then you allow God that is living on your inside to deal with that situation. What would you think will happen to the situation? It will turn, yeah. It will turn around. It will turn. But that's if I allow him. If I yield to him, if I allow him to handle it. Praise God. So you got to know, that is why the Bible says, with you, all things are possible. Why? Because in the realm of God, impossibility does not exist. There's nothing like impossible when it comes to God. Because with him, the scripture says again, how many things are possible? All things. So be conscious of that. That because of a God on your inside, all things are possible to him that believes. To him that believes. Praise God. Praise God. Also, you should note one thing about him living on the inside of you. He's the greater one. All the negativity in the world today can be summed up under Satan. 
He's the one that is in the world. The Bible says, greater is he. First John 4, 4. Let's quickly look at it. Or you can write it down because of our time. It says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who are they then? He said, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, the ones in the world is the dead. Then who is then that one who is in the world? That is Satan, the God of this world. The God of this world. Second Corinthians 4.4 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe, lest, lest the light of the glorious gospel will shine on them. What is he saying? The last scripture is simply saying there is one given authority, so to speak, or he stole the authority. There is one that is called the God of this world. That's the one that what is on the inside of you is greater than. Because it's on your inside and it's greater, automatically you are greater than he that is in the world. Who is he that is in the world? The devil, Satan. You are greater than him. He cannot, listen to me, the enemy cannot, I repeat it again, the devil cannot, can never trample over you. You are, unless you allow him, you are greater than him. You've got to learn to insist. That was one of the things that Jesus introduced to this generation. As from the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violence. But it's the violent. Those who are resistant, those who are insistent, will take it by force. You've got to refuse everything he's offering you. He will offer you sickness. He will offer you disease. He will offer you lots of stuff just to put you down. But you must learn to insist. No, I believe on this side. I believe every word that has been spoken. I'm not operating by feelings. I operate by what the word of God says. And what the word of God says is the final authority. No devil in the pit of hell can make God's word of none effect. I'm standing by it. But one thing is clear. I must continually be conscious of the fact that the greater one lives on the inside of me. The greater one on the inside of me did not come for vacation. He's not on holiday. He has set up permanent residence 24-7. At 70, we are still rocking together. At 80, we are rocking together. Till I transcend, we will rock. And on the other side, we will give ourselves high five. Do you understand? For the rest of our days, we are together. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He's always on the inside. I've got to believe this stuff. I've got to walk it. I've got to walk the scriptures. I must let my mental faculty agree with it. Even in the midst of the storm, he's there. He said, when I pass through the water, it will not drown me. It may look like I'm going to drown, but it will not drown me. The scriptures cannot be broken. It is final. Oh, the fire, it looks as it's going to burn. This fire is burning. It's fairy. It cannot burn you. He said, we are in it together. And I love the word, he will never you, it means that he would not say, oh, I forgot. It was an accident. You know, like human beings, we can't forget. Praise God. Amen. Even guys who are so much in love, who will give you a date and say, let's meet at that restaurant. And, uh, and uh, one day, you just say, at the end of the day, you just say, uh, uh, I forgot. Say, you forgot. You forgot me. And you trust. Ladies, that's the day they will demonstrate. You forgot me. Now I know the kind of man you are. And you say, you want to ma. If you say ma there, praise God. The Bible says even mothers, nursing mothers, they forget sometimes. That's almost like it can't happen. But sometimes they forget. Ask them. They are here. Ask them. They forget. But this Holy Spirit will never leave you nor forsake you. Not once. 
He won't. Praise God. Come on, let's appreciate the Holy Ghost tonight. Let's appreciate the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. So all things are possible to him. Again, he's the greater one. He's the greater one. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says that. He's greater than he that is in the world. Praise God. So you need to be really, really conscious of the greater one on the inside of you. There is no situation, no circumstance, no challenge that should put your head under. It's not permitted by God. The Bible says in Lamentations 3.37, to subvert a man from his cause. God has not approved it. If you gave it a personal approval, it's you. God did not approve it. So stand by the word. Stand by the Be insistent. Like the scripture says, the violent will take it by force. Be insistent. There are people who have been insistent, and they have having results. Praise God. I love it when I, when I hear godly testimonies of people being insistent. We just finished these 21 days uh, fasting and praying, and, you know, the same will reach our goal, and we are declaring. Somebody was giving me a testimony of his own life today. He said, Pastor, I have a testimony. He said, what I did when I, I said, my own goal was evangelism. He said he did not want to spend a day without reaching to somebody with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was his goal. That was his goal. And ever since, when we started the fasting and prayer, he had already commenced it. That that's the goal. So all throughout the 21 days, till date, there's no day. He said when he leaves his house, the first one hour, he's looking for that person. He's going to share the gospel with. And he came with a report today that at least since then, he has won three souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, that's it, that's it. He will reach his goal. Praise God. And he's been tenacious. You could see all over him, he's growing. You could see that. You could see that this gentleman is just, he's giving it his all. I, I say, you will reach your goal. I said, this has blessed me. He has made my day. He was saying, oh, thank you, Pastor. God bless you. This was really motivating. Even people that are not in this city, the amazing testimonies they are giving of how they are reaching their own goal. I pray over you, you will reach your goal too. Whatever your goal is, you will reach it in Jesus' name. Amen. Being conscious that greater is he that is in you. There was this great man of God named uh, Smith Wigglesworth. Praise God. Smith Wigglesworth was a man greatly used of God. I seriously, I mean, as a teenager, he was one of the people that motivated me in this life that I must not live an ordinary life. It will be shameful to live an ordinary life. When you read of people like Smith Wigglesworth, when the whole Queen of England will say, the whole itinerary of Britain I do not fear, but I fear somebody's prayers. Smith Wigglesworth. A whole queen said that. This was a man in his lifetime. He raised many dead people, but that was recorded. Proving dead, certified dead, and came back to life was 14. 14. He was the one who, I would say, baptized or christened this statement in the body of Christ. I'm a thousand times bigger on my inside. He wrote a book, uh, uh, Ever-Increasing Faith. Ever-Increasing Faith. Uh, published in 19... I can't remember the... But it was published in 1972 or so. Ever-Increasing Faith. He always talked about being a thousand times bigger on the inside. And that was what, how he lived his life by. He lived his life by that principle, that because he caught the revelation of the greater one on the inside of him, and that was it. He, he chose that was the way he was going to live, based on the greater one living on the inside. And that was where he was drawing his strength from. When people, when people died, he didn't believe it. He said, you're going to come back to life. You're just sleeping, including the wife. One day when he came home, the wife was dead. He said, no, you're not going anywhere, Sally. Sally was the name of the wife. He said, you're not going. He prayed and prayed. Sally didn't wake up. I said, I don't blame her. Maybe Sally was tired of. <laughs> Praise God. There were some things about uh, Smith Wigglesworth. 
Praise God. Sally didn't wake up. And eventually, he carried Sally, put Sally against the wall. And said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, walk. And that's how Sally came back to life, was walking. Praise God. Of course, Sally wasn't happy with him. He said he should have left him. He was enjoying angels already. He was already in heaven and, you know, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, this man was a great man. I loved his exploits. I loved the way he kicked the devil. I loved the way healing, miracles, signs, and wonder. He was just an incredible person. So one day, somebody asked him, because that, one thing about him, too, was the rate at which he was growing. He was so fervent in the spirit. This same Sally, the wife, was the one who converted him. He, he wasn't a believer that much all his life. But what I'm trying to say was just a young Christian, but he grew. There was one thing about Smithubosman, he grew. If you say somebody was hungry for God like never before, he grew tremendously. And the, the, no wonder the order of miracles in his ministry were very, very strange. You see people with amputated legs in your very presence. When Smith will go so pray for somebody with amputated leg, amputated leg, another leg will shoot out like that. Whoa. Like that. Incredible. You'll be reading the stories, you say, ah, is this real? Could it be? Creative miracles. And the, but the guy believed God. He believed God. Now, this was one of the things he said. Someone asked Mr. Goswami, he said, what is the secret to the great place of spirituality you have attained? What is the secret? It's not this prayer we are all praying, fasting, we are all praying. How, can, how could you have exceeded to this, to this realm? I mean, he lived in a realm of impossibility. He believed God to the point, if Mr. Goswami is going, and there is no food, there is no restaurant. He's the kind of guy who can believe God that angels will cook that meal from heaven and bring it now. And he will eat it. He's, the, he's that kind of person. He just, he, he thinks outside the box. He moves outside the box. He, he just believes God. He believes God. And if you say, why are you believing such a thing? It doesn't make sense. He said, he will tell you, in the Old Testament, did God not cook? Did he not supply manna? Where did manna come from? Say you can't supply food if you don't have kitchen. You see what I mean by thinking outside the box? He's taught him. He's always outside the box. He's, just, he's, the, one, he's the first person I heard say that every manufacturer has spare parts. So if this one is missing, there must be. If he's a manufacturer and he's the one that manufactured us, he must have spare parts. That's what I mean by he thinks outside the box. Do you get what I'm saying? He will not go by the normal flow. He will just put it there. And he believed, ah, he said there must be fair parts in heaven. There must be. So back to the point I'm making. Uh, they said, how did he attain to this great place of spirituality? He said, his answer was this. All I ever did was remember this is the consciousness I'm trying to tell you. All I ever did was to remember that the greater, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He said, that's all he needed to do, to just remember that statement, that the greater one lives on the inside of him. And that he lived, his life philosophy was based on that. That it's not about me, it's just the one who lives on the inside of me. And he was very conscious of it. Very conscious of it. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit within results in the fruit of the recreated spirit. Uh, that is very important. <coughs> Excuse me. The role of the Holy Spirit within. Now, we've talked about how powerful the Holy Spirit within is and so on and so forth. But there is something God really wants to achieve by putting the Holy Spirit within you. Something greater than what we even can fathom or imagine. There's a real reason 
why is on the inside of us. And I want you to pay attention to this. Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Just before I read Galatians 5, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, the Bible makes us to understand in, in 1 Corinthians 12, starting from 7 thereabout, makes it clear that we have nine gifts of the Spirit. That is, this same Holy Spirit on the inside of us, within, within the Holy Spirit itself, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. And these gifts are given to us to profit, to help us on our journey of destiny, to make our lives be of the better. We have word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment of spirit, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, word of prophecy, gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of working of miracles. Nine of them. Also, within the Holy Spirit, on the inside of us, are fruits of the Spirit. Now, this Holy Spirit living on the inside of us expects that as a result of the relationship between him living on the inside of us and our spirit, our real self, the relationship that exists should produce fruits that all God is living on the inside of this person. How do we know God is living there? The fruit. Do you understand? The fruit that comes out of that life. When you see a tree, one of the ways you can identify that this tree is a mango tree and that tree is a apple tree. How, how would you the fruit. Easily, when you say, oh, this is mango, that must be a mango tree. Oh, this is a, that must be an apple tree. Around my house, there, there are peaches. Say, oh, sincerely, when you come during winter or any time, you might not know that this is a peach tree. You might not know. But once, around summer like this, uh, this one, it's a peach. Why? Because of the fruit. You see on the tree. So how we are being showcased to the world is not in as much as, yes, the spirit of God is inside of us and all that. It's the fruit we bear. In fact, Jesus Christ said, by their fruits you will know, you know them. That's how you know the original from fake. Now, some people may argue, well, uh, but they are believers. Uh, but they behave like children of the devil. I know they come to church, but uh, I don't like what comes out of them. I don't like it. Are they not Christians? They are Christians. Not that they are not Christians. They've given their heart to Christ. But, you see, every child of God is work in progress. Do you understand that? Sometimes... Some people's work is very slow. Some people are very fast. I just told you about Smith who goes what now. He was very fast in his growth. Some people, their spirit cooperating with the Holy Spirit takes some time. It should not be. After a while, they will understand that the Holy Spirit is always, you know, the one they should follow. But some people, it takes a little bit of longer rope before they get there. But they will get there. Amen? That's why on this journey, we also need patience. Isn't it one of the fruit of the Spirit? <laughs> You've got to be patient with some people. Like uh, the good son of my spiritual father, Bato, you know, because Reverend George in those days used to be angry with Bato every time. Bato would be late. Bato would be late. Bato. So 
after he got tired of Reverend George coming after him, he went to make a T-shirt. He now wrote in front, work in progress. God is working on me. Then he put at the back, be patient with me. So anytime Reverend George calls his name from the pulpit, he will just turn his back. Say, Baba, be patient with me. God is still at work with me. Amen? So there are some people, you just have to be patient with them. There are also people helping you to grow. Because some of us think that, oh, nobody can offend us again. Uh-huh. Until you meet people like them. Then you know that, well, your fuse is still very short. Praise God. Uh, your fuse is still very short. Praise God. Uh, I, I know where I'm speaking from experience. I was, I was like that. Uh, when I nearly came into this country, about 20 years ago now, or 20 plus, uh, I felt that to a very good level, nobody could offend me. And, I'm, I, and I said that with a degree of seriousness, because I have climbed some mountains too on my journey, and I've met with difficult people, and uh, it is. One has overcome. Until I started working with this colleague of mine, praise God. I thought at the time, the devil himself sent him personally just to taunt my life. Praise God. Uh, he, I, I then, in fact, for the first time in several years, I blew my fuse. And uh, I was ashamed of myself that day. I could blow my fuse. Then it only revealed to me that I was still working progress too. I've not arrived. Praise God. So after we blew the fuse, I mended the fuse. Praise God. And to this death, we were, I could call us best of friends. Amen. In fact, when he was going to go home to be with the Lord, when he got the terrible news about cancer, I was the first person he called. We weren't working in the same office anymore. But that meant a lot to me. He called me first. He said, I'm the first person he's telling. That he's sorry to give me that news, but it was a terminal cancer. Ah. I said, no, let's fight this thing. And he's a believer. So we decided we were going to fight it. We fought it. Uh, the first year, the, the, the doctor's amazement, uh, he, he overcame. In fact, there wasn't, in fact, they, could, they, they gave him a free health bill at that time. That is, it's done. But, uh, you know, sometimes cancer has a incredible... A terrible response sometimes. So he just came back again uh, when nobody was watching, and he came back in aggressive format. That before we could even say hello, they had pulled the plug. It was sad to see him go, but I mean, thank God of Jamie of blessed memory now. Wonderful guy, wonderful guy. Praise God. Anyway, back to the study tonight. Uh, I said, yes, let's be patient with one another as we, are, as we are growing in the Lord. Now, let us read Galatians 5.22. We see here that, but the fruit of the Spirit is, let's, let's go over the fruit of the Spirit. Let's say together, love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. If you count all the fruits of the Spirit, you'll find out there are nine again. Nine gifts, nine fruits. Is there any correlation? We'll talk about that later. The Bible says, I am the vine, here are the branches. John 15, 5. Now, where does the fruit grow? Where? On the 
branches. Very good. Who is the vine? Jesus. Who is the branch? Or who are the branches? Me and you. So where should the fruit show? On us. We are the branches. The fruit should show on us. So this fruit Paul is talking about, definitely, is the fruit of the recreated human spirit. Is the fruit our spirit bears as a result of allowing the Holy Spirit or inviting the Holy Spirit or receiving Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. There is a reaction that takes place. Praise God. No, you are going too fast. Praise God. So this fruit begins to grow within the believer's life as a result of the Holy Spirit within. That is, is the evidence that you are cooperating with the Holy Spirit. There are times what the Holy Spirit is wanting, doing, or demanding is not in agreement with her person. It does happen that way. Holy Spirit might say, oh, this and this. Uh, on this issue, do it this way. Say, no, I'm not doing it that way. And you know, I told you, what's the first characteristic I explained about the Holy Spirit? He's a, he's a gentleman. He doesn't argue. He will just back out. Since you know more now, you take over. Yeah? And uh, the Holy Spirit is so wonderful. You know, he doesn't have a choice. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Now, if he tells you, do it this way, you say you don't do it this way, and boom, 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 you crash. When you crash, guess the first person who will be by your side? Waiting for you to say, oh, Holy Spirit, what do I do now? And he resumes back to do what he had always wanted to tell you. Praise God. After a few times, you will learn it pays off to let him take the lead. Now, between that time that you will realize that it pays off to allow the Holy Spirit, it can take 10 to 20 years sometimes. Am I correct? Some of us who have been through, praise God, might take that long. Or some of us that are used to having our own way. You know what I mean? If it's not your way, it has to be the highway. You know, praise God. After a while, you will, you will learn that peace off. Just have, allow the Holy Spirit to take the lead. If you are not sure, search the scriptures. Whatever the word of God is saying is what the Spirit of God will say. He won't say contrary. Praise God. And God will bless you as you do that in Jesus' name. Wow, our time is fast spent. Okay, we'll continue from talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Have you been blessed today? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to bow down your heads today. And quite a lot has been said today about the indwelling presence of God. How great he is than he that is in the world. How you need to walk in the consciousness of the fact that you're a carrier of this greater one. And what incredible power is made available for you because of a greater one that lives on the inside of you. We were just about to start touching the real reason why God put the greater one on the inside of us, the fruits that he wants to begin to benefit from us, the fruits that will come out of that relationship and uh, that's the ultimate. That's what's so important to God. And uh, we were just scratching the surface. We haven't gotten inside, but next week we trust God to help us. So we'll know the purpose of the indwelling presence of God. It's for our lives to change, that we be bearers of his character. That's all he wants to get out of it. We want to be, he wants us to be solid in character. Now, when they point to us, it is him that we are, they are pointing to. That the excellency may not be of us, but be of him. Praise God. 
because everything our lives become becomes is just because of him. And I just want you to lift up your hands to heaven that on this journey, the king of glory, the one within you will come out strong. The one within you will take over. The one within you will bring his presence constantly and consistently into your life. The one within you will make your life to be a praise on the earth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. Take over the affairs of my life. In the name of Jesus, I give myself Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.